Live from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fellow, the tuna country Matt Kempf. And as always, bellied up to the bar, a man who received the gift of a lifetime 38 years ago today when Bobby Knight offered to toss him his chair. The oh. fabulous one, Freddie Bender. I could not have caught that one, baby. It was, was coming fast. I'm surprised you're here, man. I thought you were doing your darkness retreat this week. But my what? <laughs> I thought you were doing your darkness retreat this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> you were gonna uh, sit in a dark room for like 96 hours. That's what. With that's no what. No human contact. That's what Aaron Rodgers is doing that's to what, yeah. decide where he's going to play. For those that don't know, uh, Freddie would not last. No. I put the over under at three minutes. Yeah, for Fred. Yeah, I could see with that. no human contact. Right, no, no human, human contact. contact. Like no. Man, I mean, after like, that, he's that, like Puxatawney Phil, man. Like he comes out, and you don't know. Like, did Aaron Rodgers see a shadow today when he comes hey, out? Hey, after that battle, three Hawks more win. years of football. Are you kidding me? Kaka, kaka. I think I could do ninety-six hours in a, in a dark room. It sounds peaceful to me, honestly. <laughs> well, if you're a photographer, that'll work for you too. You know, <laughs> spend some time checking out your pictures in the dark room. Uh, we we do want to remind everybody that we are on social media and on the interwebs all over the place. Uh, our email address is blockoutsportspod at gmail.com. I believe I uh, misrepresented that last week, and uh, hopefully somebody didn't get a bunch of uh, weird spam from people. But it is blockoutsportspod at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Blockout Pod, and our Facebook page is the Blockout Sports Pod. You can just uh, search that in the search bar on Facebook and find us there. Uh, I was telling the fellas a little bit ago, got a few messages on there uh, since the last episode. It's really cool. Um, our audience is growing. Uh clearly based on uh, the analytics that I can look at and we thank you very much for that. If you are a weekly listener and you are enjoying it, please tell a friend. Tell them to check it out. Um, I think our ratings are actually higher than the NBA All-Star game was. So, And <laughs> we will get to that. <laughs> I think our uh, product is more entertaining than the NBA All-Star game was. Um, but uh, before we get to our usual fun frivolity of sports, I quickly I did want to touch on a uh, story that has dominated the sports landscape, uh, especially in the last couple days since some new details were released, and that is the unfortunate situation in Alabama. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> which is... You don't have to drink on that one because I know. I know. It's, it's not out of context. Or just um, drink if you want to drink. I mean, well, well yeah. I, I hang on. <laughs> I, 
I think I will. <laughs> Sip that bourbon. But, uh, of course, we're talking about the tragic situation that took place uh, where a uh, woman was shot to death uh, there in Tuscaloosa, and it turns out that some members of the Alabama basketball team were at least peripherally involved. I don't know all the specifics. Um, well, let's let's set that up because I have a couple questions, and it seems like you two know better okay. of some of it than I do. But in a nutshell, uh, I guess they were all hanging out somewhere in a parking lot or whatever, and I think Darius Miles and another uh, friend of his was there. And, uh, from what I heard, they were dancing, and they, they walked by a Jeep. They started dancing in front of the in front of it. I don't know if words had already been passed on earlier in the night, but then they exchanged words. Someone in the jeep with them. They left, came back, and the next thing you know, they're shooting in the jeep. Correct. The actual details of the crime scene, I am not familiar with. What I am familiar with is that the alleged person that pulled the trigger had texted uh mile his first name darius miles brandon miller and then he so this has just recently come out yesterday that brandon miller the star who by the way had 41 last night right he's uh, obviously not affected by this um he 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 was texted now the one of the big it texted to hey bring the bring me your gun Bring me my gun. Bring me my gun. Correct. So let me ask you a question because I think one thing that I'd like to find out, not that we're going to find out, I, I get all the court proceedings uh, that you need to have a lawyer no matter what. That doesn't mean you're guilty, this, that, and the other. But one of the questions, just as a sports fan listening who is concerned about what happened, what time did he get the text? Was it three in the afternoon? No, one, 1 was, it was one in the morning. That makes a big difference, in my opinion. Of course it does. I mean, obviously, that's the biggest thing. Uh, like, obviously, the Tuscaloosa police said they're not charging. They have no nothing to charge him on, according to the law. And, and that he's been in the police station like three times. He Absolutely. voluntarily drove down there. He's cooperated. Uh, cooperated. The, and it's all not that. a question of legality. It's a question of moral decision making. And, and, and that you're referring to the coach. Well, and I'm referring happening. to Brandon Miller for one for for putting him in that situation. Like when you're a right. kid of his caliber, you have one job for your one year in college, and it's stay the hell out of trouble. Okay, do whatever you have to do to stay the hell out of trouble. Obviously, he's associating with the wrong guy. Why is this Darius Miles hanging out around current players anyway? Well, he's on the team. He was on the team at the time. He was on. Yes. The okay. On I the thought team. he had been off the team for for. Oh uh, well, I years mean, he, he's a player. You know what I mean? He, okay. They, they, I guess. Okay. Well, that's news to me because I didn't think he was part of Alabama basketball for like three years. Well, well, now that could be true, but what I'm saying is, how did he know him? I think he's a past basketball player. That was on the team. Here's here's my biggest my biggest issue is, and I understand that legally, um, the district attorney has already come out and said, technically he didn't break any laws. Um, I get that in Alabama. My thought would be, 
in sure. Illinois, it would have been broken laws. Right. My thought would be as the head coach of a basketball, a big-time basketball team in the national spotlight, to come to a press conference and essentially say, guy was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Wrong place at the wrong time in my consideration as far as a college student is you were at a party that got busted. You got caught with some weed in your car. You were drinking beer when you were underage, tried to sneak into a bar with a fake ID. It is not being even peripherally involved in a homicide. And for Nate Oates to come out and essentially say he's not in trouble, he didn't break any laws, and he can play, you know, 48 hours after this, after I make this statement, I found to be, I found to be just, well, distasteful and gross. They couldn't I suspend mean, I agree him. with you. It's almost like they had to play him last night because if they would have suspended him last night, then they would have had to answer questions like, why did you choose tonight to suspend him? Because Alabama had all this information that we just found out yesterday. They had previously had it. And they decided to sign Nate Oates to a contract extension. That's right. Three weeks after they had this information. Right. So the athletic director and Nate Oates had all this information and yet it comes out today and we expect a player to get suspended, they would have to say, hey, um, we don't know why he's suspended now because we should have suspended him back then if we thought he should be suspended and now. That's that's an incredible point and one I hadn't really considered and one I haven't heard. One other thing I wanted to tell you, I don't want to get into the weeds on this thing. I did want to bring it up because it has dominated the uh, the sports media news cycle for the last couple of days but one thing that that I struggle with as a, as a huge sports fan and I have for a long time and especially with the proliferation of uh, social media it's much easier to see this is I cannot stand the blind devotion of fans to their school, whether it be something, even a small thing, like I go to an Indiana basketball game and the four guys around me think that every time the air team has the ball, they've traveled or committed an offensive foul. They can't see the actual game because of their phantom to the extremely obviously serious issue of this where I can see some people being disingenuous, I think, in their criticisms of Alabama, not coming from a place of objectivity. They're, they want Alabama to not be as good as they are in basketball. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, the Alabama fans who are calling for every reporter that wrote an article of basically stating the facts to be sued for defamation because they dared report what was in a police report, that it, it, it actually, that probably bothers me as a sports fan more than almost anything is the blind devotion to a team that you happen to grow up liking and not, and I 
trust me. Uh, I mentioned Bobby Knight You've earlier. You've been through several of those, I mean, in your own school that you went to. Exactly. Um, I mentioned Bobby Knight earlier. And for years and years and years. And you, if you look around in the downstairs pub where we are recording this, uh, half of this place is, has pictures of him, autographs of him, le- a couple letters that we traded back and forth. And for years, I would not hear a bad word about Bob Knight because he was my coach. He coached my team, and by God, he could do no wrong. And it took me a long time to kind of separate the basketball coach from the man and be able to admit to myself that, man, maybe I shouldn't have defended him against every single thing that came down the line. And that that really bothers me, and it's really been apparent on social media. And I know it's probably a smallish mm-hmm. percentage of people that do that, but it gets amplified because of the social media we have. Well, I mean, that said, as, as a Louisville fan, I would like to go on record and say that I think that it is perfectly acceptable and should be legal to have prostitutes in the dorm rooms. <laughs> so I, I think all that got blown way out of proportion. <laughs> so um, don't judge us. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's been all over that. <laughs> well, but let, let's go back on that. There was a smaller issue almost today when you go look at the Florida-UK game from last night where – the fan got thrown out because um, Case and Wallace went into the stands a little bit. Or not stands, but right there right. In, into the crowd. Right. I, and I, I know what you mean. It looked like – I watched the video. They said that the, the guy put his arm around him, and, and I heard a chokehold first thing in the morning. It was clearly not a chokehold. Um, and then I heard that he, he prevented Case and Wallace from running down the floor. Well, all he did was, if you look at it clearly, it looked like Case and Wall. The guy was pointing; he's out of bounds, and then Case and Wallace kind of ran into his arm, and the guy was trying to pull back, and his hands went up. And for that guy to get thrown out of the game, I don't know. I mean, why? First of all, why are they even putting fans on the floor? All these, all these arenas do that. There should be a gap between the floor and I the. I thought fans. it was just the towel boys. <laughs> yeah. They do it at Indiana now too. Yeah, I mean Cameron Indoor. Look at NBA games. They're yeah, they're right they're, there they're, on the floor. It's like having floor seats, and, and you're seeing a lot of colleges like that. There should be a clear, at least a three foot gap between. Like, how close do you need to be as a fan? I've never sat well, closer than fifteen rows. Well, so. the university's stance in all that is, uh, if you are willing to donate. You know, a hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. We will put you literally on the sideline of the court. That's what well, they do at 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 Indiana. Don't let a a player jump into you and and you try to get out of his way because they'll throw you out of the seats. I guess unless you're a big enough donor. And I don't know. I actually didn't uh, didn't see that at all last night. Yeah, it so. was it was quite a. I can't really speak to that. Cats are uh, on a little run right now. They're figuring it out. So it was a fun win. And uh, they keep moving up the ladder. Yeah. Who is the. Well, what's the big guy's name? I know name? is what's I the saw big guy's name for Florida that didn't play last night. Oh, uh, Dirk, uh, Dwayne Schnitzes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Demetrius Demetrius. Uh, what is his name? Castle Rock. Castleton. Or Castleton. Hard, or Castle Castle and McCormick. Yeah. Or, yeah. Game of Thrones. Anyway, he. He um <laughs> he always gave Sheboy fits, and yeah. he didn't play last night. Yeah, he was it, wearing a 
powder blue jumpsuit. Real cool. <laughs> yeah. Real cool uh, gator bait. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I did see two of the best dunks I've seen all year last night, and they were from a little buddy from Florida that looked like Corey Brewer. Mm. God, did he not remind you of Corey Brewer? He actually very much did. I mean, he had the headband on, yeah. and he yeah. could freaking slap. Man, that kid could. Dude, the best dunk he had was the one he missed when he ju- when he almost jumped over uh, Tomahawk Wallace and just looked at him when he missed it. I mean, his whole arm almost went in the rim. He's no Anyways, Mike McClung, man, but he can play. Anyway, sorry about your luck, little buddy. You didn't win, so. Take that, Florida. So take that. Um, take that, Florida. But college basketball is heating up, Travis. I, I went to the casino yesterday. Oh. Got all my sheets and time to get dirty. Made a couple future bets, which is basically all you can really do right now. Let's talk about this. I want to hear some odds from you on like your um your uh, best bets for futures to win the NCAA championship. Because well, I know one that we are on the same page with. Yes, and that is the Arkansas Razorbacks. Which I love. Uh, Nick Smith Jr. back. Nick Smith Jr.'s back. Uh, the only team in the SEC back. the last two years to make it anywhere yeah, past twice. the Sweet 16. Two yeah. years in a row, lead eight. Right, and not be a one or a two-seeded choke. Yep. They've actually earned their way there. They have big guards and um, guard play is very important right i got them i got uh arkansas at uh 40 to 1 currently right now plus four thousand. so 40 to 1 uh i thought that was a good bet uh, i i did for the, the i wanted to see the team that i thought through this whole list of 200 teams who could really win the national championship and go on a run now, this is my opinion. Travis is going to talk to you about Michigan State here soon. That's 125 to 1. Uh, and, and they're a team that that kind of not played very well. They almost have 10 losses, or maybe they do, that could go on a run as we know that they have before. Uh, I thought Michigan was a strain. I mean, they're 250 to 1. USC, a team I really like, 201. But I made a bet. At sixty to one on the Kansas State Wildcats, I just think that for a bang for your buck, that that team has beaten Baylor. They've beaten Kansas. They've beaten some really good schools. Uh, I also think Hold that on. TCU. Let, let, let's talk about okay. Kansas State for a okay. second. What's their um, road wins? Let's see if we can pull that up. So they're three and six yeah three and six on the road i know they're uh they like the friendly confines there in manhattan kansas and that's a good thing and it's to a look first at. year head coach which makes me a little skeptical on that okay okay i think um i think miami is a good bet at uh 50 to my, one. my biggest problem with miami is their lack of defense they're ranked over in the hundreds and all the ken palm rankings and on the defensive end, and I feel like you have to be able to play defense to win a national championship at some point because you're going to go cold at least one night in this tournament. Right. That's true. Uh, I do like, you know, you got the Indiana Hoosiers at 40-1. to 1. You've got Virginia and TCU. Two Virginia teams is a team. It's a scary. great defense, but they struggle so much to score the ball. And, and right. Again, They're 30-1. Like to Yeah. Uh, what about uh, this interesting team 
called the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Right can't now, bang for your buck, 25 to 1. Yeah, I can't do it. I mean, you don't think they're going to make a run. So, I can't do I it. I mean, I think they are. Now, this is the uh, win at all. I guys. think UCLA at plus 1,200 is, is a great, great bet there. Yep. Um, that's a team. They got a coach that's been, right, been around. Right, 12 to 1. Yeah. I get it. They've that's been there. Well, they were the runner up last year, correct? No, they just made the final four. Okay. That's right. That's right. You're right about that. Yeah. And they've so. been up there the last few times. I mean, they're, they're yeah, always. You can take Tennessee and throw them out the window. Um, you can take Auburn, throw them out the window. Yeah. I'd, I'd throw Bama out the window. Well. Based on their past track record. I don't know. There's there's something with Bama there. Um, I, I would. What's the odds at Bama right now? Are they forty to They're one? Eight, also? eight to one. Oh yeah, I don't like them at that odds. Yeah, Houston seven to one. Well, That's the team and, I and like. And here's the thing: I, this is now, this is something I want to touch to on one? with Houston. There, there's one fact with Houston that, that makes me just be like, "All right, I've got to hammer Houston," and it's like we were talking about outside before we started. Was there's this team of destiny here? We all know that Jim Nance. This is his last Final Four oh, that baby. he's calling out. Travis. Uh, do you guys know his alma mater? Houston. University of Houston. Roommates with uh, Freddie Couples. I mean, Bye, it has slam to be a jamma. So, I just feel like the stars are almost going to align for that to come come up, come up here. You know I have a red and white checkered towel. And I just want, like, video <laughs> shots of, like, Jim Nance and um, what, what's your boy, uh, the football coach, my, my guy, um, down at Houston. Oh, Dana. Dana Holgerson. I want video shots of uh, Jim Nance and Dana Holgerson out just tearing the town up. Dana's <laughs> wearing his, like, tie around his head, getting crazy. Because, like, Jim Nance Jim is going to give his... him a say. He's got 15 ties. They're beating up people, cooking toast. Like, everything's going Burnt crazy. toast, yeah. party. Ah, what a night. That's what we need. Jim Nance would That's... be would be drinking a uh, white wine spritzer. <laughs> that's his. That's his one shining moment, man. That's that's what he's gonna you know, guys, go out I on. I think we ought to go to a, a regional or something and set up shop right outside the arena and do our show. Where's the championship at this year? Why can't we take microphone? You know they make microphones now to do these uh, to do uh, podcasts without uh, they're cordless. You bring take your stuff with you. Yeah. Set up a little okay. table. That sounds there, high tech, bro. Dude, Fred, we Fred, can do this, Fred. Fred. Getting too excited? No, we got a startup generator down here running our show. <laughs> what, what, what we are doing right now, we could conceivably do anywhere. This, uh, this is battery powered. Oh, and our microphones go right into the uh, back. There is a regional here in Louisville oh. this year, which, selfishly, I'm hoping that. Uh, I Indiana eat. gets placed in that one. And Bama. Drink, drink. Well, for the safety <laughs> of Louisville, let's hope not. Yeah, uh, if uh Bama comes here, I'll, I'll I'll go down there just to protest, but uh <laughs> um Roll damn tide. Hey, uh so the, the, you know, we've kind of hit on teams uh that we like. Odds that we like. We kind of hit on that last week. We've hit on that this week. There's still games being played. We're, what were like three games left in the comp in each team's schedule? Yeah, conference right tournaments now. start. Conference what, tournaments a week and a half starting now, up. I believe. 
Uh, Travis, I think while we're on college basketball right now, shouldn't we do? Uh, shouldn't we tell the audience about what our new little treat is going to be? Well, uh, we were talking about this. We've actually been discussing this for a while, um, especially this time of year where there's, uh, you know, the NFL is over. It's NBA All Star break. Uh, baseball has not started yet. Freddie and I, uh, for full disclosure, are a little bit uh, older than Tuna. Uh, and we had been discussing maybe some of our favorite college basketball teams from years past. Not necessarily teams that won a national championship and certainly not teams that are our favorite teams, or whether it be... Indiana, Louisville, uh, whatever team Freddie had happened to adopt Kentucky. for that particular year. We'll say Kentucky for sake of argument. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> since, I was, since I was two. Um, but uh, we had discussed it earlier, and uh, I really gave some thought to this, and there were probably – five teams to me and I couldn't really remember which one was the first one per se but uh for me the first team that I remember where I asked my mom and dad can you go buy me a t-shirt or whatever was Georgetown oh baby in 1982 okay who is um, Keep going. See, folks, we're going to get down to the players, even the bench. Did they win? Who did they lose to? Uh, they did not win a national championship that year. They lost in the championship game to North Carolina. Excuse me for a second. I'm going to cough. <coughs> they lost in the national championship game to North Carolina when uh, Freddie Brown uh having a chance to uh, set up a last-second shot. Last shot after Michael Jordan had uh, hit the go-ahead jumper right. at the Superdome in New Orleans. Uh, he just had one of those moments Wasn't it where— was the ref or someone in the stands walking by to the right and he threw it to Worthy? He just saw Worthy out of the corner of his eye and yeah, thought Worthy that came back late, I guess. And he thought that that was a teammate or whatever and, and passed it to him and that cost him a national championship. But I remember that team kind of having Patrick Ewing on that team made them a national story because people understood even that season that he was going to be a special player. And of course, Georgetown went on to tremendous success with Ewing, only winning, they cut. And when I was thinking about this earlier, who else was on the team? Uh, well, Sleepy Floyd. Sleepy Floyd. Um, he was sleepy. Freddie Brown. Freddie Brown and Ralph Dalton. A name, a name that had escaped me for years. Would it be David and, Wingate? Until I looked it up. Uh, until I looked it up. Earlier today, uh, do you remember Eric Smith? No. Eric Smith was a uh, in my life. he was a captain on that team. Wow. Um, okay. 
So Reggie Williams wasn't on that team. That's t- before his time. Correct. And David Sleepy Floyd was on that team. Yes. And Wingate was not. What about Michael Jackson? Nope. Not the one with the glove. Nope. Uh, he would have been right after this. Okay. Um, That's crazy. So that was a team that you kind of started. Well, and like the it. other thing is, it's the first team that I remember Nike kind of promoting as, and I they probably and somebody out there can correct me if I'm wrong. They probably couldn't advertise it as the Georgetown sneaker, but they released that gray Nike sneaker oh, with the gray and yeah. blue with yeah. the blue. Didn't it have Hoya on the back heel? I think it had an H. Like, oh, okay, okay. Because I'm not sure that they could put Hoya on there at the right, time. Again, I, got you. I could Those be shoes com- were legit. I could be completely wrong, but but I do remember begging my parents. For a pair of those shoes and <laughs> my dad's response upon looking at how expensive they were. Uh I think he went to uh to uh the uh the Kmart or the three D or whatever Fires, and got me a pair of uh zips. Blue and <laughs> blue and gray shoes that had nothing to do with Georgetown and said, These ought to be good enough for you, yeah, son. Call him your Patrick Ewings. But teams like that uh, yeah, no, uh, I, lo- I love that. I love that. That remind you of stories like that. That's I like the shoe story too. I had yeah, a, I, I wanted a pair of uh, Jordans when they first came out, and I mean the original number ones. And I ended up getting uh, the old man was like, "Dude, you're getting the canvas ones." So I had canvas Jordans, dude. <laughs> they were exactly like the originals, red, black, and white, but they were canvas. He goes, then you can wash them. <laughs> <laughs> My first but sweet dude, pair of yeah. shoes is the Andre that, Agassi's. Oh, yeah. With the, oh, with uh, the orange, the orange and the aqua. It was when aqua. they first started putting the air pockets yeah, in the shoes. Yeah, they were orange and yeah. aqua kind of. Uh, Travis, that's awesome because the last team I thought you would say is Georgetown, which I think is is pretty awesome. What about you, Tuna? All right, um, this kind of goes back to like what Travis is saying, where you see a team at a young age and you're like, that team represents cool. And that's what kind of becomes part of this pulp culture. You know what? I hadn't even thought of that. And that is exact the same reason yes. why I loved that Georgetown team yes. is the same reason you mentioned who you were going to pick before we started recording uh-huh. tonight. And it's the exact same thing because you're about my age with this team as I was for that Hoyas team. Right. And this is the 91-92 Fab Five at Michigan. Oh, nice. I mean, first guys to wear the long shorts. They were like. Maybe, maybe. We'll get further into that. Well, I mean, maybe, but. No, the, they were. They were in, in the black socks. They were the team that popularized yeah, it. Right. They, they were like, they were must-see TV at the time. And, like, Dude, it was. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the you attitude, had to watch it. They had the attitude. Absolutely. Give I mean. Me some of them players, too. Well, you got, obviously, Jawan Howard, Chris Weber, Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, Jalen Rose. Oh, yeah. Those were the starters. Then you shaved had, uh, heads. Remember a couple of them shaved their head? Yeah, uh, yeah. Jalen Rose and uh, coming and, off the and, bench, you had James Voskel. Oh yeah, and uh, Michael Talley. 
Yes, Tally ended up being good. Rob Palinka. And you know who Rob Palinka is, don't He's you? He's the general manager for yes, the Lakers. General Absolutely. manager for the Lakers. That's why we had to drop his name. And, uh, dude, that is, yeah, Tally. Those three guys were really good underrated subs that came in and helped those kids. I'm telling you. Yeah. and They, they were um, really good. Yeah, they, they won the Red Lobster Classic that year and beat Virginia and uh, Virginia Tech and BYU down in Orlando. Massive tournament at the time. Didn't they have an early game against Duke or they something? Did, and and they did, and that's what was hammered. awesome. That was they their got... fifth or sixth game into that season. Right, they man. played against Duke. They didn't get hammered. The game went to overtime, and okay, they lost by okay. three. So and that was, that was the big thing. And they had the rematch in the national championship game. That was against game. later, right. Yes. And I they, they talked a little smack during that game. Duke beat them by 20 in the national championship right, right. game. But the first game was close, and then that's when these young guys were like, we can play with these guys. Dude, this is the best team in the nation. And like, I remember uh, for some reason their unis were simplified too, but that the when they wore – when they came out, I forgot what game it was when they first started playing, but their shorts were extremely baggy. Not Arkansas, but they were about that level. But they remember the all gold yes, uniform, absolutely, with it real simple, and they were just dude with the black socks and the black shoes. Yep. They literally just ripped. I it mean, in you that. couldn't go to uh, a Friday night mixer without seeing <laughs> at least five to ten Michigan jerseys. Right. The right. guys were wearing oh, everywhere. Yeah. So And the funny thing is when you see if you watch <clears throat> film of, of games from from that era, you remember the shorts being like these crazy long shorts. They were much longer than what we were used to. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they were nothing compared to what they would end up being. They were oh, about yeah, where, where shorts are back to yes. now. Like Dillard looked like he was wearing a skirt for Arkansas about five said, years later. When, uh, <laughs> Down the line. Who was the kid for St. Bonaventure? It was real short. He was wearing yeah. them balloon shorts. Yeah. Indiana had a guy when uh, Kelvin Sampson was coaching there named DeAndre Thomas. Oh, yeah. And – uh I always told my buddy that I had tickets with, I always said it looks like he's wearing a moo-moo. <laughs> <laughs> because you couldn't see any gap between his socks and his shorts. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they're going back to the short shorts now. Oh, though. I love well, it. Yeah. I love it. They're, Do you now? They're they're much... I'm, we're looking at a game on television down here in the downstairs pub right now, and those... Those shorts that both these teams are wearing, it's like Towson and the College of Charleston, mm. are, I mean, those are similar to what Michigan wore. Yeah, some, some of the trunks now, uh, some of the teams that have certain uh, shorts now, I've noticed that, like, when you're at stores or something, uh, you know the the surfboard shorts that you wear, you know, swimming yeah. trunks. Right, right. You know how they're that stretch, mm -hmm. da da da, without lining or anything. That's what a lot of the shorts are being made of right now, huh. and they're tighter and shorter. Like some of the players want that, but dude, that's great. That you is, remember Troy Jackson? Those are two great teams that actually changed not only the game by what they by the players entering, but they changed it by the by their uniforms and and their hip hop. You know, style. And I just wanted to quit. And I, I love the Fab Five, and I love what they meant to basketball. 
but I also want to remind everybody that uh, <clears throat> I saw them play twice live, and they lost both games. And I believe, I used to think that they were 0-4 against Indiana, but I, I think they were actually 1-3. I think they won at Michigan that season that you're talking about, too. And I don't know if you have March their, 8th, right. March 8th, um, two th- or 1992, they beat Indiana at the Chrysler Arena 68-60, to and they lost to Indiana January 21st, 74 to 89 at Assembly Hall. Right. And then the next year, uh, Indiana swept them. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I, I just want to let our listeners yeah, know. I, I saw him play versus uh, Jim Jackson and Thunder Burke and Ohio State at the regional, the uh, East Regional at Rupp Arena. Tuna was talking about that game. I did not realize that that was at Rupp Arena. It was. The, and big uh, country and uh, Oklahoma State was there. And they went on to beat the Cincinnati Bearcats. They did Nick a Van full Exel. slapping mm-hmm. of the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Huggy Bear and yep. Nick Van Exel and Corey Blunt. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, a couple other good players there, too, that they so had. Cincinnati was averaging 83.6 per game points per game that year, which at that point in time was massive. And the, the Fab Five beat a good Kentucky team as well on their way to the Final Four in the Elite Eight. They did. No. It was the following year. Well, yeah, yeah, the following yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. because I mean. when they, they were sophomores. Right, yeah. right. Because uh, that season, as uh, Freddie knows so well, and we may have mentioned this in an earlier uh, podcast, he still owes me, I forget, maybe a million dollars? Dang. When I uh, you better pay that dude. Interesting, Drake. Be a nightmare. When I told him that <laughs> that the '92 Final Four had in fact been uh, Michigan, Cincinnati, Indiana, and Duke. Yes. Uh, Duke, of course, beat Kentucky in one of the greatest games ever played. played. And then they beat Indiana in the Final right. Four. Michigan beats Cincinnati, and the national championship was fairly anticlimactic, as you mentioned. Um, I am really excited to hear what what Freddie's team is. Oh, like okay. Butler well, I have to go sure. with one of my. I mean, literally, they are my favorite team. There was a time when uh, we all watched Big Monday and all that. Remember, Vital was just getting started, and you had the Big East and all those teams going against each other. And I was getting in, you know, I watched my Wildcats and listened to him on the radio with my dad when he was in the garage tinkering around, and I would shoot baskets on my goal that was attached to the wall and uh, with the heater going. And, and of course, but I was way more of a psycho than that. Like, my dad pretty much just watched, listened to the Cats or watched them when they were on TV. I, myself, was watching everything every night. Because ESPN was blowing up at that time, and it was all Big Monday and games. So, UK got on probation. They got in trouble. Oh, Kentucky uh, shame. Kentucky shame happened with... Yeah, uh, I remember that Sports And you know what? They weren't on television. Aww. So, we would listen to the games on the radio, but when they weren't playing, there was a team that I... Got hooked on and started watching. And guess what? They weren't on ESPN. They were on WGN Chicago. And that is the Fighting Illini 1989. 
uh, a team that, let's be real here, the number one trendsetter of long shorts is L. Michael Jordan. Okay, folks, that is the first guy to wear shorts baggier than anyone. In pros? No, period. Period. He started wearing them baggy in like 1982, 83 or 84 when he was playing for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, and he even, I'm, I'm talking His when he His rookie year foot. at the Bulls was 85. Yeah, 85. And he was, I'm telling you, he was wearing long shorts. He created that. However, there's a team not far from him in Chicago, in Champaign, Illinois, that is the original baggy short wearers. And they followed their leader. And that is the Fighting Illini. And that would be... My one of my all time favorite players is Travis knows Kendall Gill. Yep. One of the uh best all around guards you'll ever see. Uh at uh the shooting guard point guard slot, Stephen Bardo. Uh then you had a transfer from Northern Illinois who was a madman named Kenny Battle who was a great player at Northern Illinois before he even got there. Then you had the kid, the frosh, the McDonald's All-American schoolboy, Marcus Liberty, who was at small forward. And then, oh, by the way, you want to throw in another McDonald's All-American? My favorite player on this Nick team. Nick Anderson. Absolutely. Another fantastic guard. And then, literally, folks, another McDonald's All-American. He's the unsung hero, uh, the one that no one really remembers when they start naming those six, is Lyle Hamilton. Uh, You also had (laughs) Irv Small coming off the bench and Andy Kaufman, who went later. Andy Kaufman? Yes, not vodka, not lodka. (laughs) But he he came in, and and a couple years later, he averaged like 18 a game. Tuna, uh... Andy Kaufman for that team was one of the original guys that I Ball felt it. like had been in college for 15 years. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like I felt like Kaufman played in the late 80s, mm-hmm. and I felt like he was still there when I was in college. He was the original Evan Eshmeyer. Yes. yes. Yeah. He's and, very and much like that. Okay. This Illinois team was so fun because they were high-flying. They had – I mean, Lou Henson, Lou the Dew was the coach. He, he was – uh, he seemed like he was 80 years older than they were. Um, but, but dude, they were high-flying, and it was cool. They were on Chicago. That's the channel that they were mostly on. Huh. And it was it was a total blast. Uh, they did not win the national championship. They worked their way up to it. They finally made the Final Four. They didn't win the Big Ten championship. They either. did not win the Big Ten championship. They lost to Indiana. Just huh. so you know, yes. No wonder Travis knew uh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Kendall Gill gave Indiana fits. I think they did beat IU a couple times, but IU. Nick Anderson hit a hit half-court a, shot right, or just, right. just over half-court shot to beat Indiana in one of the best college basketball games I've ever seen live. Yeah. Um, but – Dude, I have newspaper clippings cut out still in old photo books that I'll show you of the Illinois team when they were in the paper of Kendall Gill and 
and this is how good <laughs> I mean, this is how good psycho. this is how good the Big Ten was back then. And a reason, I mean, I know all these players that Freddie was talking about because this was my time of being completely obsessed with Big Ten basketball. But Indiana won the Big Ten. Illinois and Michigan played each other in the final in the final four. four and and just so we can end what my team uh Sean Higgins the schoolboy freshman from the west coast hit a baseline jumper with uh hardly any time on the clock to win the game I think it was and, an overtime too in, in overtime yeah. in overtime and Michigan went on to win the national championship against uh, Seton Hall against Seton Hall with Ramil Robinson and that's a whole nother team that we don't want to get that we want to get to. Well, I can, I could actually make a whole nother podcast about Big Ten basketball in the eighties, oh. and <laughs> we could go and on Big East. I yeah. mean, or SEC. I mean, I could go, I can go any conference you want to go, man. Let's do it. We could go on with with that topic forever. But that's a there's great, our three teams, folks. That's a great for this start. Week. Yep, that's a great start uh, to this segment. Which are I'm we going to do this every week? Maybe not every week, okay. but, yes. but when things are yes, we are when things aren't you know when we there's not a lot of a other lot stuff of time going on, on. But yeah, we we need to do it during all during March Madness. I'm gonna because I know people when they listen to this are gonna go, oh damn, I know who my team would have been or one of my teams. But we I got plenty of teams. Yeah. We're going to uh, call that that segment uh, the very creative uh, term. Let's remember some teams. There you ah. go. That's the name of that segment. Uh, we sounds like something to come up with. We thank you all for uh, for uh, sticking with us and listening. And if you guys have some teams that you remember, maybe teams that uh, you weren't necessarily a fan of, but that really made an imprint on you, we would love to hear from you. Uh, maybe we should log these teams and maybe make our own little bracket. And then that's not who do we idea. think would win if they face off and we have an ultimate champion? I would love that because right. they never got to win the championship. That's so we right. Have to get the we got to pick a team that didn't win it. That is actually a great idea. I'm full of it. And uh, I would love if some of the listeners would uh, maybe shoot us a couple of ideas on teams that you'd like to see in that bracket. We'll do a we'll do a what a 32 team bracket. Uh well there's three of us so we have to do multiples to get to us I don't know that's those are numbers that I'm not prepared to mess with if, right now hey if somebody <laughs> puts a team in says what about this team from yeah. 19 or 2002 or whatever we'll break your team down for you how's that yeah I love that um, without Google oh I'm gonna use Google probably <laughs> and uh. We did last week touch on uh, the fact that the XFL was starting up. And kind of, you know, in jest, I, you know, picked the team. We all picked teams that we were going to root for. Watched, I watched several games this weekend, not really knowing what to expect. And I have to tell you, I was extremely pleasantly surprised. I think the executives of the XFL have to be have to be pleasantly surprised. I think the television 
production people have to be pleasantly surprised. The fans. Crowds. How about the fans? They yeah. showed up and they were rowdy. Yeah. Like and it was awesome. The games were really, really fun to watch. They were. And now I'm now I want to touch on the XFL unironically, because last weekend I was kind of making a joke about it, but now I think this league has some not only good teams, good fans. The TV production is very That's good, but the rules that they have tweaked seem to me to be a, a major reason why a lot of these games ended up being almost must-see TV down to the end. Tuna, what did you think? Like you said, the rules, I love the one, two, and three-point conversions. That that was a great aspect of the game. Totally. The um the way that they did reviews, the whole process where they had the camera in the and the, in guy, the facility yeah, the and they would explain right everything. Yeah. That was great. It like was, was great. I have a feeling that this is stuff that the NFL is thinking about trying. I doubt they'll ever do the one, two and three point conversion aspect. But what do you guys think about the kickoff where you can't move until the I, ball I thought is the ball caught. is yeah. they I do that, that to make cool. it a safer right. safer play I, I like and i that. thought it was neat it, it didn't take i thought it was going to kind of take away from the kickoff process i i didn't no. see that at all I, no. I enjoyed it man um i think a indiana hoosier if i'm not mistaken was the first one to score a touchdown in the league Am I right about that? I'm going to take your word for that. Was that uh, was Cody Latimer? Cody Latimer. He scored the first touchdown. I think he did. I, I could Wouldn't be that wrong, be something I, if 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 he scored the first touchdown? I know in he New scored XFL a touchdown, and I thought it and was and Vaughn Dunbar from Indiana. Exactly. Scored. Damn drink. Hoosiers taking over. Hey, the, yeah. drink, drink, taking over, taking over minor league football. Drink. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's quality play out there too, man. Like they, these guys, they. I thought they were playing at a high level. There were some mistakes, but it was their first game of the year. Go watch week one of the NFL and see how many mistakes. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but my Battle Hawks. I was a little worried about them. They look rough. Uh, I know that McCarron uh, was not playing well. He had 50 yards the whole game until the end. When the, everything was on the line and Heinz Ward was a little worried. I don't feel this is I've got one issue with this. I heard the ratings today for the NF, or for the XFL and they were they were terrible. And that makes me a little bit sad. And I don't feel there like was a golf tournament we should explain. Too. Well, Saturday they had all day. Right. I, I don't feel like we should explain the comeback in the St. Louis game because our listeners, if you're not taking this seriously, turn your TVs on and watch XFL football. Right. I'm, I'm because, done with you if because, you're not watching Because the XFL comeback football. was absolutely legit. legit. He, we were down. I mean, we had to go for three to get it. Yes. We scored. We used the clock, and it is the XFL. There's only, In the NFL, we couldn't have come back like no. that. But it was so exciting that we did. And yep. uh, it makes me just want to go, caca, caca. <laughs> That was, I mean, honestly, for three quarters, three and a half quarters, St. Louis was just getting punked. Yeah. From start I mean, to finish. We were and, getting and, slaughtered. That and running back just, they had was dominating. Yeah, us. that was, um, uh, he was down there for the Dolphins, for Kalen Balazs. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's pretty good. Yeah, man. He's, he's a big dude. I'm telling you, running back is such a tough place or tough position to make it in the league. 
Right, right. And it's just like your career is so short. You they, hit and miss. You have to have the perfect opportunity to they get They gave it. him the ball a lot. I mean, it was a defensive battle, a couple interceptions yeah. back and forth early. But anyways, uh, people, get your jersey. Get your gear. Get on the XFL. I mean, come Dude, on. Just watch one game. Pick one game this weekend. Tonight we got a Thursday night Tonight, game. Tonight the Battle Hawks play at nine o'clock. Folks, There's a game right now. I got my gear on. Saturday night in primetime, and then Sunday we have two games going on. Travis is putting the game on as we speak down here in oh, the downstairs pub. We've got the Sea Dragons versus the Battle Hawks. Yes. God, what kind of noise does a Sea Dragon make? This is this is honestly a uh, kind of a, a legitimate question I have as I hopped up to try to find uh, the channel that the game is on tonight, and it's not on a traditional sports channel. It's on uh, ESPN Playboy. <laughs> I saw it on FX. It is on FX, but I believe it's also on ESPN. Okay. Well, if it, you can verify that for me, I can put it on right now. Because I was just going to say, sometimes the problem these leagues have is, you know, a guy might go, oh, I heard there's a football game on tonight, and then not be able to find it on TV and not care enough to really go the extra mile to I'm find sorry. what channel it's, it's on. I'm sorry, it's on FX, but it's also on ESPN+. Plus. Okay. So, okay. Um, but this weekend is going to be on uh, the Sunday games are ESPN and ESPN two. And the games last weekend were all very easy to find. They were either on ESPN ABC. or ABC. Yep. Um, but the rule I think that I liked more than any, and that I got the biggest enjoyment out of, and I'm sure Freddie did too, because it directly led to his team winning the ball game. Was that uh, whatever they call the onside kick conversion, yes. the fourth and what is it? If fourth you go for fourth and 13, I believe it's fourth and 13, you get a fresh set of downs if you get that. And I thought that was super cool. I, and it, There were two games that came down to that. One time they converted and one time they didn't. And uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I, yeah, I, I think everybody should. I mean that's no seriously it's uh it, it is a high level of football and it fills the void because we just got months and months of football just jammed down our throat and some people were just kind of like all right I'm I'm ready for a break from football I'm not wired that way like I like the having that little bit of football just to get me through it's like trying to wean yourself off uh, we're sports psychos and then the um, you know. USFL is starting in April what I would like to see happen is the USFL champ and the XFL champ should meet each other. I agree. And have a battle for minor league. That would a minor league yeah. battle royal. Or they just play each other like the Champions League. I like it. Kind of like, uh, obviously this is before all of our times, but uh, back in the 60s, the NFL champion afl and nfl no but the oh. nfl champion would play a team of collegiate all-stars oh i had no idea that happened and one time the green bay packers got beat by the team of collegiate all-stars which sent vince lombardi into a uh some sort of a rage and apparently he used that as 
fuel for the entire next season. And then uh, I I think they beat them like forty eight to nothing or something. In all fairness, the this uh, season that Green Bay Packer team was probably um, also working in factories and um, you know warehouses during the off season. And their bodies well, were not is, like that's yeah, very yeah. true. I mean, that it was, was it was a different football time. was a secondary job for them at the time. Yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So it was a different time. Uh, yeah. Anybody have anything else to uh, talk about the XFL? No, just that I love you XFL, and please stay around. And uh, <laughs> our three teams are all all one week one one and zero. Oh. Collins' team is zero oh and one, so we got a leg up on him. Um, we are getting ready to bounce into baseball season. This is my time to shine. Uh, God, I love baseball season. Mm. It's college baseball season right now. By it way. is Go, college uh, baseball hey, got season right now. Go Royals, right? KC <laughs> yeah. Royals. No, oh, 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 my bad. You're yeah. not a uh, Kansas City Royal fan? I'm not a Kansas City oh, Royal okay, fan. Okay, okay. Well, why don't you let the audience know who you are a fan of? Well, I'm a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh! Baby, uh, that makes perfect sense. Oh God, yes, makes perfect sense. They huff spray paint down there. <laughs> the graffiti is incredible. Down I will there. not ever take up for Dodger fans because they are awful human beings. But and I can't change my allegiance. 1988 World Series hooked me. What am I supposed I hear to do? You, Oral, I hear yeah, you. Yeah, Kirk Gibson is what got me. And talking about all the uh, the tweaks to the rules that the XFL is using in uh, football, Tuna, uh, I understand that you have been following uh. the new rules in Major League Baseball, uh, and I would love, because you follow this much closer than Freddie or I do. Well, we follow the Reds up until so they're done. What baseball? <laughs> yeah. What baseball's trying to do is shorten the game, and, and I think they're trying to increase their fan base. And um, so they, they they brought in some new rules, and and all of these rules took place in the minor leagues last year. I, I can't say I watch much minor league baseball to know how they played out, but obviously they graded different things, and these are what they decided to implement in the uh, major league game. So the shift. At the time a pitch is thrown, all four infielders are required to be on the infield dirt with two on each side of second base. I have no problem with that rule. I love that rule. I think you could talk to any left-handed batter, and they would be ecstatic about that rule. And that would be so me. I, I never really was much on the shift anyway, so kudos to baseball. It just seems like, I mean, and I know that, that mm -hmm. I'm old, but it, that seems like real baseball to absolutely, me. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So, I love that. I'm glad that that's finally in place. This is where things get dicey. A pitch clock. Pitchers will have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty and 20 seconds with a runner on base. Hitters will need to be in the batter's box with eight seconds on the pitch clock. Man. I do not like that because these pitchers all have – uh, mannerisms uh, and, a method uh, that they go through to calm themselves down to calm their heart rate like they they like to rub on that ball for a while yes like <laughs> when you start rushing these by. pitchers i i think it's really going to take away from the game not a fan of that rule there's well, yeah it's going to make them change their routine that's for sure uh pickoffs this is a crazy one to me pickoffs 
are one version of a disengagement, which consists of any time the pitcher makes a pickoff attempt, fakes a pickoff, or simply steps off the rubber for any reason, as well when the defense requests time. Pitchers are allowed two disengagements per plate appearance without penalty. The disengagement rule resets if a runner or runners advance a base within the same plate appearance. Give me the Cliff Notes version, Tuna. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with that. That that's the a reset on the on the on the pitch clock. So right. we, that a disengagement would be a reset on the pitch clock. I get that. That makes sense. Bigger bases. Bigger bases. Bigger bases. Are have you, you seen me? They're have the you size the, of a damn yeah. pizza box. Have what you seen the, the pictures hell? of these things? Yes. I, I did too. It, it's definitely going to take some getting used to. It's You're not the me. pictures that have been floating around are a bit hyperbolic. All right, it's it's increasing from 15 inches to 18 inches in diameter. So that's not huge, About but the size of a, a a boat cushion. Yeah, they're they're saying <laughs> it should oh, reduce dude. injuries and increase stolen base attempts. Which I can see that if you're reducing injuries, I'm all for. If you're going to increase stolen base attempts. I'm all for it. Apparently, it worked in the majors. I don't have strong feelings on this rule. It may work out great. I think they need to be flatter because they've they've come up with all these gloves that you wear, these mittens and things, mm -hmm. because the base is two inches high, and your hand gets jacked up on there when you're sliding in, and your wrist, That's you get a lot of wrist injuries. Well, that's why they wear those mittens. They, uh, yeah, but I always thought they would always lower the bag to where it was only maybe like an inch high. And then they'd slide right over it. Well, and then they'd go on. And it, on you see them thing. like when they go over it now and they're trying to scramble and get right. back to touch it. If well, it was flat, God, man. Ricky they'd, Henderson do not have that problem. They'd be in damn center field. Ricky Henderson never will have that problem. Uh, he's one of the top the 10 baseball players to ever play the game. So <laughs> it's different. And then this one is stupid, and we shouldn't even really touch on it, but the position players pitching. Teams will be more limited in when they can pitch a position player. The previous rule allowed for them to use one when up or down six runs or more. But besides of discussing tweak and leading the team would have to be up by as many as ten or more while training, while trailing a team would have to be down by eight or more in order to pitch a position player. I do not have strong feelings on position players pitching. No, I mean it's gonna do it. It's do always it. kind of fun when a team's down mm. eighteen to nothing, and they bring in, you know, they bring in the catcher or whatever, and he's trying to throw a knuckleball. It's fun, but it doesn't really Is matter. There a sunflower seed lemon or anything? No. Okay. But I think our biggest thing that we run into here is the pitch clock. That's going to be the the toughest thing to get used yeah, to. No, that really rules. will make a difference. Um, that that's my biggest beef with this. So. Look forward to those and watch, uh, I guess, minor league or um, um, spring training baseball starts this weekend. I believe okay. uh, the Dodgers have a game Saturday. So, uh, And then also keep an eye out for the World Baseball Classic, which we'll dive more into next week and do a roster breakdown. But quick update, um, news came out today. Clayton Kershaw will not be pitching in the World Baseball Classic. Oh, bummer. He has a um, – insurance issue that's not allowing him to pitch in it so An insurance issue insurance issue is what dave roberts called it but he assured that kershaw is fully healthy i had reservations about kershaw pitching in it anyway because he's getting up there in age he's struggling to make it you know far in seasons we're going to limit his innings this season 
So he really wanted to be part of the World Baseball Classic because he, he's never really pitched you in it. You don't so. want him to overdo it. I don't right? want him to. Kind of like. I mean, if he tweaks his back, we yeah. may not see him until kinda August. Kind of like uh, uh, an issue I have with the NBA oh, where here we I'm go. trying to here make my fantasy playoffs. I'm in, a, I'm in a final game against Travis here. We're fighting tooth and nail. I was hoping LeBron hurt his pinky in the in the All Star game, but he didn't. So he's playing. But I got this bum. Where did this kid go to school, anyways? Colin. He go. What's his name, Travis? Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton. Did he go to Florida? Where'd he go? Stanford. I know that name. He go to Stanford yeah. or Florida? Anyways, this little bum. Listen to this tuna. This kid gets hurts his hamstring. In the first half, in the last game before the All-Star break. So they take him out like, oh, we got to take him out. Did they rest? Uh, he what? played college basketball for the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's right. Drink. <laughs> so listen to this. I knew that. So listen to this. So what does he do? Do they rest him? Does Does Danny Ainge or whoever over there in the front office rest him to get him ready? I don't care if they're in the uh, going to make the finals or, or the playoffs or not. Does he rest him during All-Star break? It's a perfect time to get your rest for a hamstring. No, he plays in the three-on-three -three NBA jamboree goofball, whatever it was, where a skills challenge that is is the most was the biggest waste of television I've ever seen. Hey, and hold on a minute. Be part of it. And what is he? And he's and he's trying his best to win this thing. Like he is limping around and stuff. God bless. Him. And then what? It's probably happens? the only person that gave any what, effort at all that happens? entire weekend. He comes back. He has three more games off. And he comes back and he's and he and he's not playing tonight. Oh, he's resting his hamstring when it's game time. Hmm. Anyways, that's the end. But I do want to hit on was that. there twenty three games well, left in the guys, season? Guys, we got to talk about the dunk contest. It has to be talked about. Yeah, yep. I and was, I was just gonna say quickly. <clears throat> number one, I'm glad personally that Colin Sexton really gave his all to uh, to to try to win the three on three competition. Um, I'm I'm really pleased. Um, it's too bad that he hurt himself. And he's not able to play for the next couple couple of nights. Uh, I feel terrible about that, Fred. Um, also, I wanted to say I watched. I don't think and he does. I used to. I used to love the NBA All Star Game. I watched about, I don't know, ten minutes of it this year. I found it to be unwatchable. Yep. But the dunk contest, as you were talking about, was something to behold this year. Yeah. Tell us why. Well, we had a player that. Used to go, then went to originally Georgetown, transferred to Texas Tech, took that team to a Final Four uh, with Chris Beard and company. I would like to say he, is, he stayed put at Texas Tech after Chris Beard left to take the right, Texas job. Right, right, he And did. he played that final year yes. there without and Chris Beard. We were and, talking about Mike McNugget mm. McLung. Mac from McLung. the Cumberland Gap, and I can't wait to get his nickname somehow. I don't know what it's going to be, but dude, let's let, folks. If you missed the dunk contest, this kid came out. You know what the greatest thing about a dunk is when you do it the first time. Yeah, this kid came out 
looking like Bart from your uh, that's in your cubicle next to you. And he comes out with a 45-inch, 46-inch vertical doing, jumping over people, hitting the glass, doing 540s. I mean, it, and, dude, I'll give credit to uh, Troy Murphy the third. Uh, I thought he had some great dunks. I thought everybody in this dunk contest was very original and had some really good stuff. I, I say this. Anytime you're short, you have an advantage in the dunk contest. Tro- totally. Anytime there's someone around six footish or below, and they're in the dunk contest, chances are they're going to win. I thought uh, that this dunk contest, which is another thing that I had com- kind of lost interest in over the last several years, this one was engaging, not just because of him, but like you said, Fred, I thought that the originality. Guys hitting dunks on the first try was a big thing. A big thing. A lot of them did. A lot of them had really good dunks. I mean, another great thing about it is, Travis, in order for the dunk contest to be legit, you have to have legit judges that are all going to talk and and at least not go, well, I'm going to hold up a 10 if it's something I like, and you're going to hold up a 3. Like, I love that they kept... Uh, they they kept. I don't know what what the word is. I'm looking for gamesmanship, whatever. But they kept it real. Like I, I like when the judges really like. You had Harold Miner, Baby Jordan in there, Lisa Leslie, the Doctor, uh, Carl Malone, who's probably one of the hardest guys to try to impress. And I love that they talked ahead of time and said, "Here's what we're gonna do, and we're gonna keep it real." And that's what makes it legit, too. You don't want the judges going off on crazy tangents with with uh, with with numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that the dunk contest kind of saved, to a certain extent, what was a rather pedestrian and boring All-Star Weekend otherwise, because... The game itself was horrible. Um, you have the, uh, you have the. Uh, I was busy watching the XFL. You have the studio hosts actively mocking the town that the game is being played in. Yeah. Um, How which, can you make fun of Salt Lake City? I don't know. I think they have some of the best fans in the, the NBA. Place is gorgeous, and the fans are amazing because yeah. there's nothing to do there. Well, there's tons <laughs> of stuff to do in Utah, just not bars. Well, you're not far from the like if casino you're, well, in I'm, Vegas. So, uh, yeah, all those people that went to the went to the All Star festivities at nine o'clock, just come out of the stadium and by God, go out into the wilderness in a pitch black. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's but, nothing to do in Salt but Lake. But you City. know, like when an event like that comes, they have all these massive private parties where they're not like you're not going to bar they scenes they, so they there's stuff for them to do but I, like I, I, I can't wait for uh Mac, Mac McLung to come out with us someone's got to sign him for a new for a shoe I mean come on he wants to be in the dunk contest next year I believe be new balance and I'm not going to say why I believe I think <laughs> he signed with Reebok Oh really I think he did Okay I mean dude that's awesome hey do what you got to do. You know, the, there's a there's a girl out at uh, uh, LSU, a uh, uh, female basketball player I heard about uh, today that 
is on the team and averages like 15 a game. She's got this uh, NIL deal. But what's crazy is she came to LSU as a rapper sensation on TikTok and stuff. So she's not only a good basketball player, she's a has like a trillion followers well, you got because them twins she's a rapper. At University of Miami, and those two girls. Yeah, yeah so, I heard about so that this tonight. Girl, Smoke so this girl has a contract with Puma mm-hmm. before she gets to LSU because she's a rapper and she uses Puma in her rap songs. Then she gets there, and they're of course not Puma, so she can't wear Pumas. When she's playing in a game, she has to wear the other shoe. And then when she's not in a game, she's uh, basically doing uh, doing uh, Puma deals and stuff like that, which I think is is one crazy uh, NIL deal that's going on right now. Yeah. Well, I, I think, don't see I think that's awesome. problem with that. Like if I no, there's no like if I'm no one saying nothing about drinking it. Drinking Miller Light, like, and somebody wants to pay me to drink Bud Lights, I'll drink Bud Lights and drink Miller Lights on my own private time. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. I um, think that's super cool. Matter, matter of fact, yeah. interestingly enough, Tuna, uh, years ago, a uh, guy that uh, Freddie knows, my college roommate, after college, he worked for uh, Miller, mm-hmm. and. He worked out of Chicago, and part of his deal was if he was out in public, he could not be seen drinking anything but a Miller product. He was subject to be immediately terminated. Absolutely. If that was, in fact, the case. But in his own private home, he could drink whatever the hell he wanted. (laughs) It's kind of the exact same thing. Um, I do want to uh, Uh. remind everybody we'll do a... uh, I'm going to go around the horn here in just a second. But I do want to remind everybody to uh, check us out on social media. Send us an email, blockoutsportspod at gmail.com. Uh, look us up on Facebook in the uh, search bar, blockoutsportspod. And on Twitter, we are at blockoutpod. Freddie, you had your hand up. What did you want to say? Well, I want to. I want to do a little derby prep situation right. here. Uh, Tell us about what happened uh, this the last Risen weekend. Star. Well, the Risen Star uh, was run Saturday. That was, uh, you know, you started attaining attaining more uh, points, um, which would be. Uh, uh, Don't hide your phone. Be- What's that ringtone oh, sound like? What is that? What is that ringtone? <laughs> Sounded like a Frank Sinatra concert broke yeah, out in the corner to, of the downstairs pub. Let's try to hide that from the microphone. Is that Burke Bacharach? I don't know what's going on here. Okay, sorry, guys. Your phone um, just got out of its darkness retreat. No, uh, well, I, I was going to, uh, I, I do want to, uh, well, let's let's move on here. The Risen Star was ran this past week, 14 horses. You can now uh, get your 50 uh, points instead of 20 moving forward. Uh, I, I was all over Tappet's Conquest, Croupy, uh, Victory Formation was the favorite. None of those horses won. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the horse that did win, Angel of Empire, has moved up the board, folks. Uh, that horse is now 4-1. and one. Uh, Sun Thunder was second in the two fills. 
uh, moving forward, we have a prep race this Saturday, the Rebel. Rebel Stakes at Oak Lawn. Uh, I'll give you my three horses. Uh, I'm going with Red Route 1, uh, who is in my top uh, 10 sta uh, top ten derby prep, uh, derby horses, uh, future horses. Uh, we've got Reincarnate, a Baffert horse, that, a horse that's now moved to Tim Yachtin because Bob Baffert is not allowed at Churchill Downs as of last week. So uh, he has to move his horses with other trainers in order to attribute points for the Derby. He can, however, train and run horses in the other two Triple Crown uh, races. And then Frosted Departure is going to be my third uh, horse with uh, Kenny McPeak. Uh, those are my three that I'm going with in the Rebel, and Red Rock 1 is who I'm putting the money on. I'm going to try to beat the favorites. Um we also had the Saudi Cup running with Taba uh, is back on on the uh, on uh, back on the dirt back on the trail of actually running. He's had a lot of works, and uh, that's going to be a fun race. Travis, your horse, who's your filly in the Rachel Alexander Stakes? Was I understood. Upset I understood. Uh, at uh, two to five, was stumbled upset, out of the gate. Stumbled out of the right. gate. And uh, the horse that uh, beat him actually, uh, Hoosier Philly, uh, actually beat that horse. Has already beat that Philly uh, one time this year. So uh, uh, that was a big upset there. And uh, let's keep going, guys. We got more preps to come. I did want to just quickly mention that uh, the last thing that I looked at before uh, we came down here was an article in our local newspaper, quote unquote, on social media, that uh, they think they finally have the votes to legalize sports gambling. Yeah, I've heard that the past three sessions. I have too, oh. but I think I think this mm. one is different. We will. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I would encourage anyone out there. Uh, that cares about this. Anyone in this state, reach out to your local legislator exactly. and express your concerns. Exactly. I have done that for mm. the last five years. Yeah. Uh, I've heard this song and dance. It seems like every session around February and March that we're going to have the votes. We have the votes. It'll pass the House. we got to get the Senate. It's it's never, it's never done it. We, we've got two guys that are shooting it down right now. I'm not going to call their names out, but they're locally, and half of y'all won't even know them anyway. But we've got to got to get it passed here. Well, let's hope that uh, let's hope that this year is something different, fellas. Quickly, do we have uh, any sort of bets for I, the weekend? I got it. Well, not this is not for this weekend, but you may want to jump on it soon. If you've listened to me the past two weeks, I've been hot on golf. I called John Rom last week. Called Scheffler the week before. Um, going into the Masters, you want Masters is is, is a, what a month and a half away. You gotta call the right. Bet. What you call the bet I just made? I, I think we. Both, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think I called Tuna the bet. And even I before actually you made. agree yes. on a couple, things. which means you should be leery about betting it because anytime we've bet together. We've lost. Actually, Except the Washington game. Washington we broke game. the streak. All three of us broke okay. the streak. This is a podcast bet. Everybody, all listeners, jump on it. We're taking Will Zalatoris 
to win the Masters. Yes. Outright. Outright. Take him top turn. five and take him top ten just to pad your wallet a little bit more. Go PGA. But I love the win on this. He is so due for a major win. The kid is hanging around up at the top. And I that's what it. I got. We're going to move on. I love it. Freddie. Uh, I just want to say we kind of forgot to hit on this, folks, as an all-sports uh, show, but I wanted to – I wanted to give a shout-out to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for winning the Daytona 500. Uh, uh, very, very happy for him. I do know that that uh, Brad Doherty, which is cool, uh, legendary all-star for the Cleveland Cavs, was involved in that win, which he's been in racing for so long. It's so cool. First African-American <laughs> car owner to ever win the yeah, Daytona 500. Yeah, and Brad Doherty is a first-class guy and Absolutely. always has been, uh, even when he lost to MJ. Uh, and then uh, and, and kudos to Hamlin. He had a crazy strategy. Uh, it didn't pan out for him, but I thought he was going to win it. But kudos, uh, congrats to Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., Yay. And uh, did you have a bet? No. Okay. Just congratulations, Ricky. <laughs> well, I am going to bet. Uh, Who's playing this weekend? <laughs> I'm going to take. Uh, uh, the, um, I'll take Kentucky. Every XFL team is playing this weekend. I'm taking the D.C. Defenders against whoever they play this weekend. Colin is taking Orlando to bounce back. That was his bet of the week. And uh, I hope you followed my advice last weekend and stopped betting against Louisville basketball because they are on an absolute tear of covering the spread. Oh, Good man. teams win. Almost great beat teams the Dukies. No doubt about you know, it. We, we wanna, Almost I, beat them. We lost by 17. How about a quick shout out? I can, I, if Matt, if Tuna's not going to do this for his own U of L player, I'll give him a the shout out. The season's over. Are you aware that one of L. your L. past? L. is you, great. Blah, 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 are you blah. aware that one of your past U of L players scored seventy-one in the NBA? Was it Donovan Mitchell? Yes. Well, good. Yeah, give him some props. Well, hey, props, Donovan. There you go. That didn't that, was, that happen like a month that, ago. Was that one point better than David Robinson? Didn't they? Or did David Robinson score seventy-four? Maybe I, I watched Kobe put eighty something up. Yeah, but David yeah. Robinson had for a while there had seventy-one. I think he may have tied him. Congratulations, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And with that, we are going to close down the downstairs pub <laughs> until I figure out what channel the XFL game is on here directly. We do want to thank everybody that listens every week. Reach out to us. Uh, send us a message. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. All I want to do is race, Daddy. <laughs> Freddie, I think, is into a second bottle of champagne. <laughs> I would, uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. On behalf of the Tuna Country, Matt Kemp, and someone bellied up to the bar that I will not acknowledge. My name is Travis Carter. Saying, so long, everybody. Thank you.